mean that from, from our hearts. So as we close this missions conference, I want to draw your attention uh, to Acts chapter 14, please. Acts chapter 14. Really just one verse to launch us into this message tonight uh, as we look at how God opens doors. And as you well know, we've been talking about these messages as they would build on top of one another. But I want you to look at verse 27. It's kind of just a launching verse as I show you from the New Testament how God opens doors. Uh, Notice what verse 27 says. And when they were come and had gathered the church together. Now this is after the first missionary journey of the Apostle Paul. In other words, Acts chapter 13, we looked at that the other night and we saw how, how God sent them out and chose them and called them and sent them out. Now watch as he is rehearsing what God had done those six to nine months on the first missionary journey. It was the shortest of all. It was the launching pad. It was the first. So it was, it was the prototype, we would say. And from that, larger missionary journeys came from that. And here we are on the 21st century still now continually doing what Paul had patterned in the New Testament for us to do. And when they were come and had gathered the church together, they rehearsed all that God had done with them. In other words, they reported back to their church, their sending church, all that God had done and how, watch it carefully now, and how he opened the door of faith to the Gentiles. Our text is just one verse of four open doors in the New Testament. Now, though I don't have time to explain all of them, I do want to show them to you. And I want to say first and foremost that our Lord was all about opening doors. He even said in the book of the Revelation, I have set before thee an open door that no man can shut. Revelation chapter 3 verse 8. So the greater part of the New Testament, if we just sit down and read the New Testament through with the mindset, I just want to, I want to see how God opens doors. You will see it from the gospel all the way to the book of the Revelation. It's amazing. And I think he does this on purpose for us so that we would know that it is his business. It is his business to open doors. It, It is his desire. And what he needs is people to go through those doors as he opens them. Now, there is a divine trilogy that I found in my research. And I'll show it to you. You don't have to turn there. I'll just show it to you. You can sketch it down on your notes if you like. Here's the first of three things that I found. God opens doors to reach people. That's, That's what we just read. It was the door of faith. To the Gentiles to reach people. And then I found that after he opens doors, he opens the mouths of men. It's interesting. We read about it so often in the New Testament. Well, we forget about it, but when we throw it into the context and put it in this fishbowl, so to speak, we, we see it easier. You remember Philip, the preaching deacon? Acts chapter 8, great, a great passage of scripture. Out of that 
text of him leading the Ethiopian eunuch to the Lord, we find these verses. Then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. He opened his mouth. God opened the door. He went through the door. God opened his mouth. We see this in other passages. We come to the book of Acts. It was Peter. In Acts chapter 10, verse 34, the Bible says, Then Peter opened his mouth and said of a truth, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. And he preached the gospels, uh, gospel unto the Jews. It's an amazing story. God opened doors. Men stepped through and they opened their mouth. On another occasion in that very same chapter, it says, And while Peter spake these words, the Holy Spirit fell on them which heard the word. And then you come to the Apostle Paul. When he says, and for me, speaking, this is Paul speaking in Ephesians, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. So God opens doors. Men step through those doors. God opens their mouth. And then there's one more. There's a third one. And it's found in the life of Lydia. And when she had heard the preaching, the Bible says the Lord opened her heart and even opened her home, as I mentioned already this week. So God opens doors. God opens the mouth of men. When you look at these men, Philip, if you just did a little study about his life, and Peter, and Paul, of course God uses people. And he will use you, and he will use vessels like us. He he depends upon us to listen to his call, and then he opens hearts. So when we look at how he opened these doors, let me just point them out to you in the next uh, few minutes that we have together. And, and then we will know the whys and hows, uh, the, the whys and, and the hows of why God does this. In our text, we find, first of all, a door opened in Asia Minor. All of these, by the way, are geographical because God sent them on a temporary journey. And when they finished that journey, God sent them somewhere else. God called them. The church put their hands on them and commissioned them, and God sent them. And we learned about those two words, sent, and how one of those means apostle, the other means a temporary assignment that God gave them. And that is seen all throughout the pattern. Pastor Brent has been on a pattern. Right now, he is your pastor. Aren't you glad? I am What a blessing. He may not always be your pastor. God, we know for a fact that God has called some pastors into mission service. Now, I'm not trying to pot shop you here, pastor, (laughs) or create any any unsteadiness in the minds of the people. But what I'm saying is the, the complete and perfect will of God is always being needed out in our lives. That's the way God intended for it to be. So in this passage that we just read, a report after the first missionary journey, let me just look at this carefully, and you look at it with me, 
that the door is open, first of all, by the Lord. He's the one that opens the doors. We don't have to kick them in. We don't have to arrange it. God will. He will take care of it. And then this door was called the door of faith. May I remind you that every door that God opens swings on the hinges of faith. Every door that God opens swings on the hinges of faith. And this particular door was opened unto the Gentiles. And we know that Paul became the apostle to the Gentiles as Peter became the apostle to to the Jews. So we understand and we see the handiwork of God on this side of reading the New Testament. It's really a glorious book that God has put together, a book of books that God has put together for us to learn from. And this door led Paul. I, I don't know whether you've really looked at the first missionary journey or not, but it was the shortest, as I said. And the, there was a turnaround point in Asia Minor at the city of Derby. And when they turned around in the city of Derby, they went back through every city that they had preached at, except for the island of Cyprus, before they got back to Antioch to give the report which this verse is cradled in that report uh, there in the first century church. So the door of faith was opened unto the Gentiles. But there's a second door. And I want you to turn to this, okay? I want you to see these other three doors. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 2. Let me show you the second door. Remember, every door that God opens swings on the hinges of faith. And the second door is a door opened in Troas. Now, if we could project ourselves back into real time, Paul had returned from his second missionary journey. These are geographical. These are personal. These are spiritual. We learn from them. They're educational. They help us understand what God wants us to wrap our minds around when it comes to missions and how God opens doors. To Brother Nick, the door is open to Nepal. Thank the Lord for that great opportunity. The door opened and he's courageous enough to step through it knowing that he has nothing in himself except a surrendered will to give to the Lord. I predict that God will use him in great ways. And if you decide to take him on as a missionary, and I trust that you will, I think you're going to hear some fantastic, unbelievable reports of what God is doing with the stalls there in Nepal. But look at verse 12. Furthermore, when I came to Troas, now he's reporting, keep this in mind, he's reporting about his second missionary trip, and he's doing it in the book of 2 Corinthians. So keep that in mind. To preach Christ's gospel, and a door was open unto me of the Lord. And then I spoke to this, and I'm not going to speak to it tonight, but he had no rest in his spirit. Look at the next verse. I had no rest in my spirit because I found not Titus, my brother, but taking my leave of them, I went thence into Macedonia. I really wanted to talk to my brother Titus. He was bringing me that report from his first letter. 
And he did, once he crossed the Aegean Sea and got into to southern Europe, he, he did meet Titus. And he was so pleased about the report that the church had received it well and, and had repented. So this second door of faith furthered the preaching of the gospel in Europe. We're hearing about doors in this conference. Missionaries came in by video and told us about their door that God had opened unto them. This is God's plan. This is how God works. And so there was great dedication to preach the gospel, Christ's gospel. Look at it there again in verse 12. And, and this door the Lord opened. And as I said, every open door that God opens hinges uh, on the hinges of faith, opens on the hinges of faith. How wonderful it is for us to see the determination of the Apostle Paul in verse 14. He stepped through that door anyway. He decided not to go further into Galatia. And he obeyed the Lord and with great determination. Look at verse 14. Now thanks be unto God which always causeth us to triumph in Christ. He was grateful for the door that opened unto him in Troas. And so that door of faith opened on his first missionary journey. As they fervently preached the gospel. The door of the second missionary of his second uh, missionary journey had opened. They continued to preach the gospel. Why? Because God had a third door open. And I want to show that to you in 1 Corinthians. Would you turn there, please? And let me show this to you from the Bible. The Bible is a wonderful book, isn't it? When you, when you preach the Bible, you do the right thing and the safest thing. Just stay with the word. I used to tell our staff that a whole lot. Because we're seeing preachers not stay with the word. I listened to a man preach not long ago. He read one verse of scripture and he departed forever from it. And said nothing else about it. But he said a whole lot about what he thought his congregation ought to be doing. I'm so grateful we have the Bible. And I'm grateful you have a Bible preacher. So thankful for that. Look at chapter 16 verses 8 and 9. But I will tarry at Ephesus unto Pentecost. Now, why was he tarrying? Now, watch it carefully in verse 9. For a great door and effectual is open unto me, and there are many adversaries. Paul said, I have this door that's opened unto me, but I realize that there is adversaries. Did you know in Ephesus, Ephesus was one of the most vile and wicked cities that Paul ever went to, other than Corinth probably. There was a statue of Diana, a goddess on every corner practically. Whenever God opens the doors of the gospel, we should expect that our adversary will be aroused. Brother Nick used this very verse in his presentation, asking us to pray. Because he knows there's going to be adversaries there when he gets to Nepal. And it's just not in a foreign country. There's adversaries here. There's all kinds of things that come against God's work. 
And Paul would even call the door effectual door. That's the word in which we get our word energy. An effectual door is open unto me. And yet there are many adversaries. Paul is preparing the church that not every door will be easy. There will be difficulties. The adversary will come. Discouragement will come. You'll have to push through some very difficult days. And by God's grace, we're always able to do so. Let me share with you the fourth and final door in Colossians chapter 4, if you would please. And that's a door opened in Colossae. This door came open after his third missionary journey. Again, they are geographical, very personal, educational. He had been arrested in Jerusalem and sent to Rome where he was imprisoned and he would become a martyr. Paul died around the age of 67 or 68, just shortly before the Jerusalem was destroyed and the temple was destroyed. In 70 AD, he died at the hands of one of the most ruthless Roman emperors that ever sat on the throne, Nero, who hated Christianity. So now Paul is writing from a prison. And let me explain to you, he's just just not in a cell. But usually in Rome, when you got there and they were going to try you and martyr you, you had a Roman soldier chained to each limb. And every four hours, the changing of the guard would take place. Now keep that in mind. He's in a prison. He's chained to these Roman guards. Now look what he says in verse 3. With all praying also for us, they're in prison. That God would open unto us a door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ for which I am also in these bonds. I have been placed in this prison, listen, by the will of Almighty God. And these Roman soldiers know nothing about Christ. It is a mystery to them. And God has me here to reveal the mystery of the gospel to these people who do not know him. Please pray that God would open up a door of utterance while I'm in prison. He didn't say, pray for me. Oh, it's bad in here. It's cold. He didn't say anything about someone feeling sorry for him. You see, the doors of the gospel, which always swings on the hinges of faith, those hinges hinges are held in by the pins of prayer. And he says, pray that a door of utterance, that I might be able to explain the mystery of Christ to these Roman guards and to these Romans criminals that are in here. Let me tell you what I think for what it's worth. I think some of the fruit to their account that Paul was speaking of, I think we'll meet Roman guards and Roman prisoners 
that God opened up, watch, God opened up a door of utterance and Paul spoke and God opened hearts and who knows who we will see in heaven because of a missionary who in his dying years, sick in body, said, please pray that a door of utterance. It almost puts us to shame when we don't even know whether our neighbor is saved or not. It's convicting, isn't it? You see, doors are not just for the foreign missionary. Open doors are for the missionaries sitting in this congregation who will have an opportunity to have a door of utterance to speak to someone about the gospel. And here he is. Not asking as he did at Corinth, not asking as he did at Philippi, not asking as he did at Thessalonica for support, financial means. Please pray that God would open a door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ. For this is the purpose of my bonds. So no one is without excuse. If you're drawing breath tonight, you are to step through the open doors God gives you. And he will give, you, give them to you. The question is, will we step through? I want us to. I want to. And when we do, along the way, some will plant and some will water. And God along the way give an increase and one day the person you spoke to on your mission field when God opened a door of, of utterance for you and you opened your mouth and God opens a heart and they come down this aisle and make a profession of faith and pastor puts them in the baptistry and they become part of your congregation the church grows best through the baptistry and then they will learn. And along with them comes children who are all prospects for the mission field. And who knows? Pastor Brent may call me one day and say, Pastor, we got a family leaving our church and it's your fault. <laughs> and I'll say, good. We lost several families to the mission field, those 42 plus years we pastored. One young man I thought would never make it if he worked at Sears and Roebuck. But he's in Bolivia tonight and he's a church planter. He's got four children and he does an incredible job. God opens doors. We step through those doors. God opens our mouth and we Tell the mystery of Christ, the gospel, and God opens hearts. That's the trilogy. It's a wonderful thing. I pray that in the months and years to come, that truly this missions conference would prove to be most fruitful, both on the mission field and right here on your mission field. Would you stand with me, please? Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. And
God's speaking to your heart. Pastor's going to come.